Hello and welcome to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner and this is my podcast where every episode we come up with a new playlist for a life event, moment, occasion, what have you, always with a special guest. And today we're coming up with a playlist for waiting in line for Broadway lottery tickets with my guest. You know her from Garfunkel and Oates and The Big Bang Theory and just about a billion other things. It's Kate McCucci. Hi! Yay! <laughs> Thanks for having me. Thanks for coming. I'm Thanks glad for... we're going to pretend to be in a line waiting for tickets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, have you done this a lot? Have you have you waited for a Broadway lottery tickets? I only did the uh, lottery in, in like the big lottery sense one time in my life. And uh, but other than that, I, I always did the student like fifteen dollars mm-hmm. sit in the back of the Ooh, theater. I loved them. Yeah. I I kept my student ID for so long after college just because it would still work and um, my plan I'm really good at being in the back row for the first act and then spying empty seats and then the minute Sneaky. act one is over going in those seats yeah yeah but yeah also I, I don't think I take up much room so people behind wouldn't get too mad well, there you go you're not wearing a big hat yeah you're exactly okay. <laughs> um, yeah I uh, I always my my policy or uh, method with Broadway shows and West End shows um, especially when I was younger go to the box office and just be like, hey, what's the cheapest way for me to see this show? And they're always like, oh, oh uh, okay, well, let's see. And they'll like tell you if, if there's a lottery, if there's a student rush, if they're like, there's no cheap way to see this show, good luck. Or if there's like days or times when it's cheaper or if it should just be TKTS yeah. um, half-price tickets. That was growing up. So I, I grew up about uh, 90 minutes from New York City. So going to TKTS was like the ritual for us. And, um, you know, I saw so many shows that way but then when I figured out the student student ticket situation that mm-hmm. changed my life but how about you did you ever wait in line for for a lottery I never waited in line for lottery tickets because um, I was always immediately daunted by the idea of it um, I I did I, the closest I came is waiting in line for um, cattle call auditions oh wow yeah yeah that's almost like the uh, the other side, yes, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So for every equity production, they kind of, they have to allow they have to do an open call to allow non equity members to just their shot, right? But it's kind of like it's so many people show up, like no one they don't cast anybody that way. Apparently, I didn't know that though. I was just like, this is my shot. I'm gonna be in hairspray, <laughs> and like would camp out and line up, and so it would just be like all these hopeful musical theater people lining around a block down the street everyone you know with their hot curlers and bullshit that sounds so brutal it, well it was brutal but also like the actual audition part was brutal you right. would just like go into a, a not even a whole room one time it was a room usually it was just like a corner with with like it was like a changing room with like one other intern there who works for the casting department or the producer or whoever who's like, go. Like, <laughs> I hope I get it. You know, yeah. <laughs> like, sing 10 seconds of your song. And they're like, mm-hmm, great. Like, I don't I think you could be the most amazing performer in the world. And there's no way that you would stand out at a situation like that. Right. They're just numb to the whole. Mm-hmm. It's next, next. I, I mean, I guess in some way, even auditions in in L.A. for like movie and movies and TV there are times where it feels like that too, uh, but yeah, I think I think the song and dance adding that to it makes it seem so um, 
Yeah, just Broadway. I mean, it, it's Broadway. It's New York. It's like all. It's like a. Mo- it is a movie in itself, right? Like yeah. it feels. I. I love. I never did musical theater. Um. I mean, I did in in high school, but I would at lip sync. What you did know. you do? Oh, I started in South Pacific when Ooh. I was in seventh grade, uh, playing the little girl, and then uh, yes, uh, King and I, Oliver, all the standard high school West Side Story, mm-hmm. um, Oklahoma. Yeah, big cast. Fiddle around the roof. Big cast and yeah. all those. You can get everybody Lotter, in. Rogers and Hammerstein. Everybody can do a part. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I was always in the back. It, uh, you know, a few times I had a, a bigger part, but I, I didn't sing. I was so shy to sing. Really? Yeah. Oh, I would lip sync. I would, I would like, That's in Oklahoma, crazy. I was in the back just mouthing the words Oklahoma. While everybody else was yes. singing? <laughs> yeah. I did the same thing with the trombone and the marching band. I just moved that slide around like I knew what I was doing. Did people know you were doing no. this? No. <laughs> okay. All right. So I it wasn't like some did. teacher was like, listen, I'm going to be straight with you. Yeah. It was just you being like, I can't. I, I just didn't I didn't have the confidence and I thought even with my trombone playing I'm like I think it's going to sound worse if I play I'll just move it around Did you like play on your own? Uh like I did in the in the concert band I played and then in the marching band like just I'm not a coordinated person so <laughs> marching and moving and play it was just too much for me. Um probably felt the same way about about musicals in some way. Um, yeah, or just knowing the cue of like when to start like what if I start too early like very scared to do like just to do the wrong thing, you know. Do, do you feel like now this I is mean, becoming therapy? Well, no, no, no. <laughs> um, it's just you know you're so known for your musical Singing. performance. It's so, so funny to me. Do you feel like you've overcome all of that, or if you were still in that situation, would there still be a part of you that was like, "Ooh, there's, there's some mechanics oh, here I don't get." Completely. I think I think uh, Garfunkel notes songs specifically are very um, fast paced and talky. So um, there's not a note that's really ever held. And then, uh, <laughs> and with my own solo stuff, it's all within, you know, a five note range. So I get by with that. But um, yeah, you know, uh, a lot a lot of talk singing in, in the stuff I do. So yeah, to actually sing Broadway stuff, I, I just wouldn't have it. I don't, I wish, I wish, but I think maybe uh, that's why I love I, it so much. I think probably the world wishes. I think, <laughs> I think a lot of people would love seeing you in a musical. Oh man. I mean, there's some, there have been some parts like, uh, oh, um, in You're in Town, you remember this mm-hmm. play? And oh, it was, uh, was it, yeah, the girl. With the roller skates. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, Sally? Was it Little Sally? Well, yeah, Little Sally, right? Yeah, because she was. That that part was created by a comedian. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, now we got to look it up. Look up Um, who she is. I did see that show twice. I loved it so much. Uh, Both uh, as the Broadway production, or did you see some? Because that started as a. is it, I think a New York musical theater festival or maybe a oh, fringe festival show. It was it was a, definitely a festival it's a show. Weird, for, for those who don't know what you're in town is, it's about a town who needs to pay to pee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. I'm but looking. yeah, I think uh, as far as uh, auditioning, like I, I, I love... I, I, there are movies that have like a dash of that like musical theater. Um, I, was, like, I was recently watching The Goodbye Girl and that's all. Mm-hmm. She's like trying to sing her songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I admire that. I think that uh, it, it seems sort of romantic in a way. Do you know what I mean? Just like the maybe it's different because you actually lived it. Uh, well, I mean, did I? <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's see. It looks like uh, Lil Sally was it was Spencer Caden. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I used to stand, stand by the stage door and get pictures with everybody. Like really? I would always do that and have oh, autographs. I love that. Yeah. See, so my sister is a musical theater performer, I, which is so crazy to me. I think I knew I knew of your sister, you know, just mainly because of Sideshow. Mm-hmm. Um and me just like knowing like I don't know all of Sideshow, but I know like that big song. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and uh, and the fact that they were nominated for a Tony together. Yes. I knew that, but um but yeah, so you grew up Watching so, yeah. her sister. So I grew up in, yeah, and she's a lot older than me. So um, everything, 
like like when she first started for, when she did local theater I was like a little kid um, when she was a teenager doing that and um, and I don't really remember too much of her opinion of my opinion of it at that point because um, she was just like off rolling like this is what I want to do with my life but then once she was in her like in college and then in her 20s and working like that sideshow time and, and after in New York and I was just you know still a kid still like kind of in my a uh, teenager she was always very embarrassed um, I hope she wouldn't be upset about me saying this if I like did that kind of big fan stuff about people oh, like right. she was embarrassed about me doing the open call um, auditions and like if I if I was like I'm gonna stand in line at the stage door she'd be like oh my god come on I know him like, oh I'll just, no I'll, I'll ask him to like to write you a postcard or something okay just like don't make me don't embarrass me oh no and I mean of course like that that was her being that's how I probably would have yeah, been at sure. that age too yeah and, like, she's you know, 22 or exactly. whatever or maybe th- I don't know but yes yeah, I get it I get exactly it. and so like yeah. as we get old I mean now I'm like who do you want to know I'll call him. Yeah. I'll DM that guy. You want to be friends with him? Sure. Like if my parents are excited about some comedian or right. something. But I'm sure when I was younger, I would have been like, oh, please. Yeah. They're, they're professionals just like me. Um, and what seems precious when you're 24 or something, you know, and starting. Like I get it. Like I uh, – but yeah, I was I was a real real nerd in, in, in the sense that I loved waiting for that door to open and then the cast to come out. That's so And exciting. I did that up until like, you know, probably like – 10 years ago or something but it's um, also such a nice like just a, it's just purely nice that relationship yeah You're just like I liked what you did and, and I just wanted to say hi about it and it makes me I mean I also used to write in for uh for autographs you mm-hmm. know I, I had um I had Al Pacino Robert De Niro and Mira Sorvino so I went for the Italian American <laughs> actors and I had their no Paul autographs. Sorvino no I should have mm, um yeah. yeah right but I uh my, you know father-daughter team I I uh I really love, I was a fan, I, you know, I am a fan. And so I under, I really like that when, you know, now when someone says, oh, I like what you do, I think I've been on, I, I'm i like, I'm a fan of people too, you know, so it feels yeah. good. I get it. But I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I really, I mean, I, I used to think, I think when I watch musicals, to me, it is like, not to sound cheesy, but it's just magic. And mm-hmm. I don't know how these people are pulling off what they're pulling off. And it's just crazy all of the things that have to come together to make this thing work and oftentimes it doesn't work and you can see that too but like when it's a when it's right it's the odds are crazy and it's just so magical to watch it so i think um i think that's why i I geek out for it yeah uh john berger who has has written a a lot about um uh, aesthetics and art and stuff described um he wrote a a book uh called ways of seeing which is kind of like kind of addressing the like what's art what's the difference between art and just a thing and he talked about the aesthetic emotion which is like this moment this like outpouring of an not specifically identifiable emotion in response to a work of art and when I read about it I was like oh that's how I feel during overtures Mm, like yeah when there's like all these people working together and 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 all these people who have decided this is very special they've decided the thing that we made up is special and everybody the thing that he plays and that she plays and that uh, and the dance she made up and these costumes it's all very special so you need to get a ticket for it and know when it's happening and sit down in your seat and get ready because it's gonna happen i just think is like beautiful um, I, I, I love that because, you know, it's hard as a creator to, to muster that feeling about what you're doing is a special, important thing. And to see like a team of people all on that same page is just like, 
well, that's where you want to get to with yeah. any kind of art. And to witness it, too, it is so special. Like, yeah. I, And I never thought about it as far as, like, each little part is individually has been selected to be the thing. So then when all of the best special things are put together, mm-hmm. you really do hope it works. And I, I think um, I get very emotional whenever I see anything being done in unison. So, like, mm-hmm. any time I see a parade or a marching band, I, like, freaking lose it. I just cry. And um, so Broadway <laughs> They're musicals, all helping each other. Yeah, and it's just so beautiful. Like, you know they've all gone home and they've practiced mm-hmm. by themselves and then they've come back together and they've worked on it and they've put their heart into it. And I love that. Like, I, I love seeing, I love watching even, like, local productions of things because... Like, I just love the idea that all these people have put their time in. And so when I see a Broadway musical, or any musical, really, it's just the minute that first overture starts, forget it. I'm just crying. <laughs> so yeah. I, like, can't wait. And also I feel so emotional every time. Yeah, um, me too. Yeah. And it's I, also so great to be in that room. instead. Yes. Like, we were talking the other day about um, that I feel like we're, we're, get, we're reaching a, uh, a climax, a, a, an oversaturation of things that you watch on your own alone on a little phone on a little screen and I think people are going to start being or maybe it's just I am have started being incredibly hungry for shared experiences not shared experiences in terms of like I'm participating in them but just like we're all sitting in the same room we're all watching the same thing we're all going through something together and we don't need to discuss it or acknowledge it we can if we want but I think that's really um a a a a side of human experience that has kind of slipped in importance recently, and I'm hoping that it's going to come back. Yeah. I think I think also that's, I mean, not that I ever want, like, something bad to happen, but if a, if something goes differently, like, if there's a, a maybe, like, a little, like, a yeah. mistake or a thing that happens, like, quickly where, like, an actor will look to the audience or, like, you get, when you get a glimpse of something just, like, and it doesn't happen that often that I've seen, but once in a while, like, when you get those moments in a, in theater where you're like, oh, I just saw that. We all just saw that, but nobody else will ever see that again. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's you know? a it's an in joke with like yeah. five hundred people. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and so all of that is what makes standing in line for lottery tickets totally worthwhile. Totally. I should maybe I will tell you uh, I, I, yeah. about the time uh, my mom and I mm-hmm. uh, when Wicked first came out. It was the biggest ticket on Broadway. It was Christmas time, so that made it extra crazy. Mm-hmm. The line was around the block to get uh, lottery tickets. And I think they accepted 12 people. So it was uh, 12 people got two tickets. There were 24 tickets available and they were going to go for the front row. So um, my mom and I, we just were like, let's let's try it. Let's see what happens. And we had had a tough time uh, with an illness and things got better and it's a long story, but thank God, knock on wood, everything was fine. But it had been a, a hard, hard time. So we were just really excited to be in the city together. And all of a sudden, like, we're wait- well, you're waiting there for so long and you get to know the people in front of you, behind you, around you. You're just like, it's you're camping out for a few hours. And it was cold also. Um, and then when they called our name, I, I mean, just couldn't even believe it. It was like, <laughs> where's my speech? Where's yeah, my, uh, I mean, uh, we so many people crying. to thank. The people around us are cheering for us because they're excited that somebody they knew, like, like, it was just like, I almost saw like, yeah, it's, I can only like, like stars. And you're like, wait, I can't even see straight. And um, I got, we got seated in the front row. I could reach my arm out and touch the conductor. And it was the original cast with uh, Kristen Chenoweth and Adina Menzel and, it was you saw the that coolest. green sweat right up front, yes, right up close. It was it was just the coolest thing in in one of the best moments of my life. So yeah, I think um, that's the only time I did the lottery tickets. I lucked out. I don't think it'll ever get any better than that. So <laughs> I'll probably never try to do the lottery again. Um, but uh, everyone should. Yes, everyone should because really it is so much about the people you meet in line. Yeah, yeah. I regret not having done that. But as I said, 
I count my weird group audition, yeah. my weird you cattle call audition. in line. Yeah, see, <laughs> you know, and it's still for the love of the love of the theater. Yep. So let's get into this playlist. Um, uh, I'm starting with one of my songs from the playlist. So I can't no, wait. I don't know. I'm, I'm very I know. excited. You don't know what I picked. Maybe um, I don't even know them. You. Uh, I, don't, I feel like they're not. There's some. There's a couple deep cuts in here, okay. but I think All it's right. mostly mostly stuff. Uh, this would be a. It's also this would be a good primer if you're like musicals what what are those the, you know you could listen to this playlist okay uh so the first song is um from the original broadway cast of pippin ah um if you're getting ready to do something magic within theater <laughs> like this this is a great way to start magic to do yeah all anticipation yes here this we is go. like you're you're putting your shoes on you're getting on the train you're going down to that theater what year is it? 70? This is 71. Okay. It's got those chords. Mm-hmm. Steven Schwartz, right? Oh, yeah. Steven Schwartz. Who also brought us with you. <laughs> oh, actually, right? wait, maybe it was the 72. Oh, oh is it? 72. Okay, early 70s. Yeah. Early 70 chords for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. There's a lot of anticipation. Oh, there we go. Leave your field to flower. Ben Vereen. Join us. Leave your cheese to sour. Join us. I uh, I've never I know this song, but I've never seen the production. Uh, production. Ooh, well, here's the thing. Uh, I don't love Pippin across the board. Okay, there's like four songs in Pippin that are amazing, right. and I love, and I want everywhere. And there's and there's a whole lot of like medieval war army moments. Got it. That, oh, is it set in medieval times? Well, it's it's set wherever they want to. Oh. It's um so it's one of those play within a play. Uh-huh. So like Ben Vereen play in singing the song, he's uh he's the lead player. Got a Tony for it. Um as did the girl who took the part the woman who played the part when the, in the revival. So it's a Tony winning role. Um but He's like, yeah, welcome. This is these are our our players. Look at all the magic that we do here in theater. And now we're going to tell you a story. So the whole time they're like um, bringing actors in and then dressing them as the parts, and they're like asking you to believe, like to suspend your disbelief and believe the story. And um, so it's kind of like it's a you know there's lots of interpretations as to what it's about um but it the story that they're telling is the story of Charlemagne's son Pippin who uh didn't basically was like I want to figure out what I want to be and cuz I don't know if I would just want to be a king or like uh, a soldier or whatever and so he goes out and explores the world and then uh, spoiler decides that he wants to uh, that the thing that he experienced that was the most meaningful was being in love and being part of a family and that he wanted to do that um uh, if anybody cares about musicals, someone's definitely mad that that wasn't the description of, of Pippin. That someone out there is definitely like, it's more. Um, well, that's interesting, though, that it's a man singing it, right? But then later um, you said a woman did the, this song that yeah. we just played. Yeah. So um, the lead. But, but the, that's the, or, oh, wait, the, the man wants a family, and that's his. Well, that's Pippin. Oh, this is the okay. lead player. Got it. So got the lead it. player is like, welcome to this world. We've got magic yes. to do. Yes, yes, where we tell you stories. Gotcha. And tonight's story is Pippin. Because I feel like if I was watching a play and the woman that resolves to go, oh, no, I'm just happy 
having a family, mm. I'd be a little bummed. Oh, yeah. I'd be real bummed. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I just missed the point of that. But, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, that is a valid choice someone can make. It's, totally, it's just, totally. But, but I think that that's just been the background choice, for the every, assumed choice yes. for so long that we're like, yeah, we know that choice. No one's surprised by that. <laughs> How about traveling the world? Yeah. But yeah, I, uh, I love that. Yeah, that's a perfect first song because mm-hmm. it's so magical. It's very magical. And it's also like, um, so it was directed by Bob Fosse. The um, uh, the 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 choreography was Bob Fosse, and it's just sort of got a Fosse feel to it. Which mm-hmm. to me, as a kid, whenever I would be exposed to, I found it very disturbing and sexual too early. Like it would be like a lot of a lot of pelvises, and I was like, no, 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 I don't feel good about this. But I feel like this one, it does have a little bit of a disturbing feel to it. But then it sort of mellows out very quickly and just becomes inviting. But there's always a little thread underneath it that it's like. This is, this is like uh, a a different world. This is um, an adult world. This is a little, um, you know, it's New York City. It could be dangerous. And so, in seventy two, definitely was. And then also, is there a movie of it? Uh, um, is there? A mo- I don't think there okay. is. I think there's like some recorded performances, maybe like a Tony performance. Because um, I have a problem with musical movies. Most of most <laughs> of them I just get so bored. I do not like so a musical movie. I feel like anybody who's listening who doesn't really know musicals and they're like, oh, let me check that out. Just listen to the yes. music. Don't go find the movie. I think that's <laughs> so, true of everything yeah. that we play, everything we play. <laughs> I grew up listening to to musical soundtracks, um, my little cassette. Yeah, me too. Uh, you know, We'd go to the library. We'd rent them out. Ooh. Yeah. We had some on um, turntable. We had some, okay. of the, some albums. Um, but I had a few um, that I would just listen to with my headphones on and just imagine what it would look like and how I – and I see now uh, di- basically directed in right. my brain. Um, <laughs> And and so and I feel like that's a, such a that's that's a great way to meet a lot of shows. That's why you have concept albums. You don't have like concept movies. Yeah. 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 yeah that's anyway. cool. I was wondering if there was a Pippin movie. I yeah. I, I like I said, I avoid most. Wait, musicals. no, there is. There is a Pippin movie because I remember it had the guy from uh, Great American Her- Greatest American Hero. Oh, it. yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Skip it. All right. Skip it. Just listen. To four of the songs. Yes. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you which four. you got to listen to the whole thing to figure them out. All right. Next song is you. Okay. Um, oh, yeah. I should just say what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's uh, from the musical Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. And it's the opening number, which it's just, to me, so exciting and so jam-packed. It's called Oh My God, You Guys? Is it Oh My God? Oh my- yes. Oh My God, Oh My God, You Guys. Um, but it's just jam-packed with jokes. Yeah, the excitement of waiting in line. Yeah, <laughs> now you're there, you're in line. There's other people around. People have Starbuckses, maybe. <laughs> oh, they're talking. Oh, mm-hmm, perfect. I think musicals that copy a movie, I mean, now that's the norm. Obviously, on Broadway, most of the musicals are doing that. But this one, this, this, they did, I, again, there's about five, so, four or five songs that I really like Pippin, won't say which ones, but mm-hmm. that are really great. And uh, the opening number is just so fun. It is, yeah. This is such an earworm. It is. It'll get stuck in your head for years. I don't remember. I'm so sorry. Any of the other songs from this show, and I still remember this. Uh, 
the, there's a song after this about uh, get, getting serious on a date, and mm-hmm. that's also oh, pretty I love catchy. That scene, yeah. But uh, but this is the this is the best song. Also, it's the guy the guy who did the music for Bat Boy. I was obsessed mm-hmm. with the musical called Bat Boy. Mm-hmm. Um, this is all 2000. Lawrence O'Keefe. Yes. Mm-hmm. He uh, he did the music. It's different lyricists, I think. But uh, I think he did all of the. Yeah, um, he had he did this. He did the music for this with Nell Benjamin, who's his wife. Okay. And Bat Boy, he did on his own. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying. Sure. Bat Boy, another play I saw twice. Yeah, uh, I saw. Yeah, I saw this on Broadway. Um, Laura Ashley Bell Bundy. Oh yeah. Was was Elle Woods? Yep. So I assume she's in that song someplace. Um, did you remember that this was a Remember the MTV uh, show? Yes, I didn't watch it. I it's like it's a it's a time in my life where I just was wasn't watching any TV. I should try. It. I would love a show about auditioning for a Broadway musical. They did that with a bunch of them. They did um they did Finding a Rizzo for Grease. Oh yeah, that's they right. did. I can't remember the name of the show, but it was a show about trying to find the next Elle Woods for the Broadway production of Legally Blonde, and they did idea. it. Yeah. And the girl got it, and she like she did it. I think she did a tour also. Um yeah, dreams came true. Mm hmm. Um. Oh, and, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, he also did this, uh, he also co-wrote Heathers, the musical. Oh, I, I don't know that one. I don't either. Is that, did that come out? I, I think so. Guess so. Yeah. See, once I, I moved I'd to like L.A., it. I... There's I've, a chunk, there's a chunk of time between me moving to L.A. and not, just not going to New York because I couldn't afford to fly back. Mm-hmm. And, like, seeing stuff here at the Amundsen or the Pantages when I could, um, but not, I missed out on a lot of Broadway but yeah. Now I try to be better. I missed about out it. on a lot of Broadway when I was there because I was so poor. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was like doing shows at the UCB, doing yeah. some shitty day job someplace, and saving all my money for cheap wigs. I get it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> no, and I think there's some with Broadway too. Like, I you you want to make sure. Like I, for me, there was a time where I'm like, okay, if this is a great show, I'll go see it. I'll save my money for that. But yeah, otherwise, if it's if it's mixed reviews, you don't want to. You can't. Well, and if you're not it. if you're not getting a lottery ticket, Mm-mm. those tickets could be hundreds of dollars. I, I was at concierge at a hotel, and we would have people come in and pay ticket brokers like five thousand, not five thousand, yeah. five hundred dollars for a single ticket, and that was when five hundred dollars was twelve thousand. Because <laughs> that was in the nineteen fifties. No, but it was, but st- seriously, at yeah. the time, I was like, "What? You guys are crazy." Um, I get it, though. If it's good. Yeah. Like those Hamilton tickets, I don't even know what people are paying for them. Especially. They pay literal human digits. Yeah. (laughs) They they have a bucket of fingers. (laughs) And that's, if you see somebody walking around New York and they've got like two fingers, that's because friends came in from out of town. They had to go a few times. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Um, But I mean, yeah. And that one's so, that's so fun. So anticipatory. And also so like unabashed, the song, so unabashedly young. Yeah. And feminine. It's like, yeah. It's, okay, young girls, because in media, they're always painted as just idiots. Yep. Young girls. And so, like, yeah, why not have a, this is, yay, it's fun. It's, and it's, it's bright, and it's pink, and it's, it's just great. Yeah, I, I, uh, I like, I like that musical a lot, and I really like that, that song, that and the song after. Yeah. If you check out the songs which from Lily Blonde, the musical. Which is a killer scene. Also. Yes. Um, okay, so the ne- next song is, um... From a chorus line, 1975, I hope I get it. From the original broadcast. Again, 
step, kick, kick, leap, kick, touch. Again, step, Because, like, you know, you hope you get the tickets. Oh, oh, right. <laughs> I was just thinking about your experience in line. Well, this also, yeah, yeah. this does probably I, fit the... That connects with turn, turn, Did you see the documentary about them making a chorus line? I did. Yeah. I hope I get it. Is that what it's called? I think it's, <laughs> Maybe it's, it's, it's something like that. Yeah, um, I did. Also, I could have skipped forward this part of the song, but I really like that part. The like, dancing. Yeah, when he's yeah. like, this is how... <clears throat> I, I have to admit, it is a show I should know. Ricky, my Ooh. my partner, my songwriter partner, references it all the time. I know probably most of the songs, but I just don't know the show. If you know most of the songs, then you know the yeah, show. Yeah, I have I know, it, it's, it's like, experiences. Yeah, I mean, A, what a treat for you when you do finally get to see it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's not, like, they made a movie of it. Don't see that movie. Just it's, go to the next time it's on Broadway in a year yeah. or two or three. I mean, it, actually, if you already like the music, pfft, the, the movie was a flop. It, it's not right, um, and there's some very weird hair pieces in it. But... Um, but really, all it is is it's it's a chorus line. It's it's all these dancers lined up on stage, and the director is like, "Okay, I want to hear your stories." And they're like, "What? What do you mean? Like my dance? Like a dance? A combination?" They're like, and he's like, "No, what's your story?" And they're like, "What?" And then they each tell their story, and their story becomes a song. Um, and so each, if you know all those songs, that's pretty much the whole show. It was one act, and it's based on true yes. stories. And there is some. Legal stuff there, yes. too, I think, that happened. Maybe. That's the crazy thing. Yeah. So, yeah, the music is by Har- Marvin Hamlish, um, and the lyrics are by... Uh, bu- bu- bu. I'm wondering, the mom, the uh, Lorelai's mom from the Gilmore Girls was in the original. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, oh, I wonder if she was... Name? I feel bad. I don't know her name. Why don't I know her name? Well, okay, so the lyrics are by um, uh, Edward Kleben. Kleben, who also, side note... Uh, Lawrence O'Keefe won the Edward Clibben Award, Award for Outstanding Lyrics. For Bat Boy or Legally Blonde? Uh, for Bat Boy, yeah. Ah. Um, Bat Boy or, or actually, I think when he was in school. Oh, wow. Been, even before that. It was in 2004, so maybe that was Bat Boy. Anyway, we're, so we're, 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 we're half informed. Out here. Yeah, we're half informed. Um, but so, yeah, the thing with Chorus Line was the way that it was developed it was they got all these, re- these dancers in a room and they thought they were forming a dance company, but they they just basically pressed record on a uh, on a tape recorder and had them tell stories of their life and some of the and they paid them all i believe like 2 or 3 bucks for the <laughs> lifetime rights to those stories and those stories became this musical i think it was like 6 or 8 of them ended up actually in the original cast um so i assume hopefully it did more for them but yeah it's it's been a thing for a long time that those dancers we're trying to get more of a, of a share. Story was told. Yeah. yeah, I mean, to have your life story <laughs> become something a that you don't own anymore. And I think it premiered at the public, right? Was that originally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I just I just looked up Kelly Bishop is the actress. Yes. Name. Oh, she won the Tony for it. Yeah. Yeah. She's great. She had um. She has this amazing quote about the movie, um. That when she, uh, that she said it was appalling when director. Richard Attenborough went on a talk show and said, this is a story about kids trying to break into show business. I almost tossed my TV out the window. I mean, what an idiot. It's about veteran dancers looking for one last job before it's too late for them to dance anymore. No wonder the film sucked. Oh, man. That's 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 very generous Kelly Bishop. Also gave me chills. That's really good. But I mean, isn't that... like? I feel like the story that everybody... 
like the obvious story that people think they want told is somebody trying to get their first break. But the fucking interesting story is somebody trying to get their last job. Yeah. Like, ooh. Just to keep like your insurance or something. Yeah. You know, like, I get it. And when you know what the stakes are and when you know what your body can and can't do and you when you know how far you're probably going to go because you already went that far and you're still like, damn it. I'm on a chance. Ooh, I love it. Yeah, it's so I, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna seek out the next production. If it's even a high school production, I would be thrilled. <laughs> that would be I amazing. Love high school productions of musicals. Um, they I uh, they, there's a song in it called um, "Dance Ten Looks Three. Yes, which originally was called uh, "Tits and Ass," but when they saw, which that's the chorus. But when they saw "Tits and Ass" written in the program, the audience the audience never laughed when the mm. song would come up. Because that's they the were joke. Like, yeah, they were right. like, "Why is no one laughing at this joke?" Because they knew it. Because yeah. they saw the, they gave the name it away. Of it. Yes. So, but uh, when they do that, sh- when they do the show for kids, like when exactly a high school or a middle school or elementary school does it, they call it this and that. <laughs> so this they say, and that. Yeah. Got the bingo bongos done. Yes. Yeah, so, That's awesome. So you probably can find a kid version of this. Okay. Next awesome. song is yours. Oh, I'm trying to remember which one it is. Yes. Okay. There's a fine, fine line because again... We're in a line. You're in a line. <laughs> it's from Avenue Q. It's such Oof. a pretty song. It's a heartbreaker. I feel like it's a very popular audition song. It was with me. <laughs> <laughs> and, and this is being sung by uh, it's the original cast, Stephanie DeBruzzo, who a picture of her and her puppet were on my screen, my computer screen, all of college. And then... Um, when I did an episode of Scrubs, she was also on it. So I geeked out so hard. I couldn't believe I was meeting this woman who I'd been You're staring at all through college. Kate Monster. Yes. And uh, and I know her name is Kate Monster. And I was like, and my name is Kate. What are the coincidences? <laughs> um, and so I, I really got excited. And we're, we're still friends, which is so cool. Oh, man. Uh, yeah, I, I I love this whole musical. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this song. big this is probably big. the only song that's not hysterically funny. It's like a serious one. Yeah, it's a real tearjerker, which yeah. I think makes it more meaningful and maybe like for me as a girl in comedy who was at the when I was hearing this I was like just starting out in comedy uh, I remember I bought the soundtrack at Colony Music and oh yeah walked downtown listening to it on my uh, CD Walkman <laughs> um, but yeah and was like trying to fit in and be funny but also like trying to find love and hearing the song in the middle of it I was like oh, oh yeah it's such oh. a pretty song it's an it's a really it's kind of a perfect song I think mm-hmm. um yeah, I just remember uh, seeing that show, and there's a joke about he's like, "Oh, I found a penny," and he picks it up. It's my birth, my birth year, and I didn't know the show yet. I saw it in previews, and on the way to the theater, I found a penny and said to my brother, "Oh, it's my birth year." And then we went to the show, and that was in the show. And my brother and my friend who was with me, they looked at me like, "Are you cr- what just happened?" You're a there? witch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I, uh, uh, I this song was. The the, the the music for the show was done by um, Jeff Marks and Robert Lopez, who also did the music for Book of Mormon and Frozen. Frozen. And Coco, too, I think, or some of it? Maybe. maybe yeah. I don't know. Maybe um, I'm making that up. Yeah. Uh, he but, now writes with his wife. Exactly. That's who he wrote with for Frozen. Um, um, his his wife, Kristen Anderson Lopez. And if uh, there's a great documentary about that year, uh the musicals that were oh shoot what is it there's like four different musicals that they follow during that year and Avenue Q is the surprise one yeah Yeah. that wins the Tony Um, I can't remember what the documentary is I cried it's so good shoot now I gotta find that documentary I love a a musical theater documentary there's so many good ones yeah Uh, they're great Um, but um, yeah uh, also the song 
from this show um, about the the when, the Bert and Ernie love song. Oh, oh yeah. Oh shoot, what is that one? Um, I'll have to look. We don't. Really yeah, know. I'm just looking up that that. Uh, yeah, this documentary. Show business, the road to Broadway. Is that what it's called? Hmm. That seems like a real. Um, that sounds right. That I mean, yeah, that just sounds so general. Um, but yeah, I think that is what it's called, and it's a great documentary if you get a chance to see it. To see it, um, there you go. Commercials galore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you so? So you never auditioned for any musicals because no. you were like, no way, oh, that's not me. No, I couldn't. I mean, I still couldn't believe that I like. I just. I would write songs and think other people would sing them. You know, I couldn't believe that I was actually. Did you actually have dreams of writing a musical? I always have. Yes, it's still a dream. And and, uh, Ricky and I are constantly trying to crack what that's going to be. But we, uh, yeah, I've always wanted to write a musical. It's like constantly on my list. Wow. And sort of embarrassing. I haven't done it already. (laughs) You know? Uh, You're telling me. Yeah. I mean, that's the same thing with me. Like, I'm known for uh, musicals, improvising (laughs) musicals, but (laughs) write one down seems hard. Um, You could just improvise one and record it and then transcribe it. Sure, yeah. That's always the best quality work. (laughs) There's never anything better than what you make up the first time. Um... Would it have to be an original story, or would you, uh, or would you Wouldn't be willing have to, to do? Be, I, I think it would just have to be interesting enough that we'd want to work on it for five years or however long yeah. it really does take. It's just such a daunting uh, process, I think. For sure. But um, but it's done all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. And unless you're an overnight success, that could. Ha- I don't know if that. Well, could I happen. think too. Like, I, it's just a matter of. Um, allotting the time you know it's just so easy to stay busy and then not and be like oh, I'll do it later I'll do it later you know so it's that's isn't that everything for everyone but yeah writing yeah. a musical is definitely on the list I hope you do it they um my person I was about to say they say but it's no one it's just me my personal um theory is the worse the movie the better the musical mm. um so like basically it's just proven by uh, Little Shop of Horrors. That's true. Which the original Little Shop was a terrible B movie. From what, the 50s maybe or mm-hmm. something? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I almost included a song from there. Yeah, see, yeah. it's a great one. It's Alan so Menken. Um, yeah, and such a great musical. So just find a really dumb, bad mu- movie. That you can get the rights to for pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Yep. And make it a musical. That's true. That's actually a really good point. Yeah, I uh, trying to think of one I can throw out for you right now. <laughs> be yeah, like, do this one. <laughs> so made for TV movie from the '80s would probably be the way to go. Do that. Yeah. Yes. What was that one? The mother, girl- can I wa- sleep with danger or whatever? The girl no, they already with did the that. face in the milk carton or whatever. That was a book. Though, oh, too. The, the girl in the well. There's oh, baby Jessica. Babe, I I remember that just when it was happening. So. I was a little kid and I didn't quite understand it. My dad drew out a diagram on a napkin <laughs> at a pizza place, and then I understood it. Wow, you <laughs> needed to know facts. Yeah. <laughs> like, How did this girl? The mechanics fall in the well? of it are important to me. And I didn't realize that it was was not like a wishing well, you know. Oh um, yeah, that wells can be dangerous. Yeah, that's a that's a deep lesson. Well, uh, <laughs> literally. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Okay. Well <laughs> puns. Um. Oh well. Uh, yeah, next song. Speaking of uh, worse the movie, the better the musical. Um, this is from the musical uh, Toxic Avenger, and the song is Choose Me Oprah. Oh, I don't know this at all. It's my one deep cut. She wants, uh, she wants her book to be in Oprah's book club. What year is this? 2009. Okay. 
So this, I love this musical. It's very silly. The music is by David Bryan, who is the keyboardist for Bon Jovi. Oh, interesting. So that's why it sounds like that. Okay, I was was going to say. What's this pop rock? I I should say, uh, Eliza and I were uh, on a long car ride a few days ago going um, from the airport to uh, a hotel in San Francisco. And so we were really just geeking out so hard on Broadway, Mm -hmm. which is when we realized we had to do this. But I think... Uh, we were talking about how I feel like so many musicals, like like after the 90s, all musicals still sound like the 90s. Well, I think a lot of it is musicians from the 90s started writing musicals. That makes in a lot the of 2000s. sense. They were, like, <laughs> they were like, you know what? I'm tired of touring. I want someone else to do it. And I want to tell a story. It's the version. It's the same thing as like, like women singer-songwriters from the early 90s who now just write children's books. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's a lot easier. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so the, the that sounds so '90s, but it sounds really fun. Yeah, it's um, it's David Bryan and um, Joe Piet- De Pietro, and they were working on Memphis together, which was Got like it. a big yep. Broadway musical. And I think they they were like they kind of like wanted to take a break, or maybe this was right before. I was trying to f- I had heard the story that they they were like getting burnt out on that, and then they switched to this to like keep from getting too burnt out. But I can't remember where I found where I heard that story, and I couldn't find it to back it up. But I like it. Uh, yeah. Um, so, so yeah, Toxic Avenger. It, it, um, this is sung by Sarah Chase, who plays. I was gonna ask you, who is that? Yeah, Sarah Chase. She's she's in um, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. She's one of the mole people, oh. mole, mole women. Oh in yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Um, but she, the, this is the blind girl that f- has the romance with Toxie, the Toxic Avenger, um, and the Toxic Avenger. And this was played by Nick Cordero, and I love his voice. Um, it, they've got all these great like rock songs, and this song was a song I did use for auditions. Really? That, yes, I did. Oh yeah, it's I sang got... "Choose Me, Oprah" for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, which it, you really could have used if you were auditioning for the color purple, didn't she? Yes, <laughs> exactly. Ah, oh, would have been perfect. But I, I don't think there was a part for me in that. Is the only problem. Um, and yeah, if you listen to this whole song, there actually are a couple like jokes that you're like, oh, all right, that's very 2008. That's very 2009. But uh, but for the most part, I just think it's a really fun song and I like I like a song with a girl being aggressive about her career yeah like that's great there, there should be some sort of Bechdel test for that like a, a, a female a, a female character in a musical singing about something other than a love dude. or yeah. a dude <laughs> yeah that's uh not many not yeah. many yeah you're right so you get the yeah the the Bechdel test is if a woman has a scene for longer than, or it's, right, it, it, the, a movie to pass the Bechdel test, it has to have two fem- at least two female characters with names who have a conversation to have a scene together where they talk about something other than a man. That's crazy, and a lot don't. Yeah, yeah, um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I like the show. It's really silly and dumb. I'm going to check it out. I'm excited to check it out. <laughs> yeah, it can inspire your musical based on a bad movie. Right. Um, so, yeah, next song is yours. Um, I believe that is uh, Fomonti. No, shit. I just gave away the thing that was next because everybody is on the edge of their seat. <laughs> um, but before that one, it's this one. It's Agony from Into the Woods, original cast. Did I abuse her or show her disdain? 
Why does she run from me? This is the first play that I, 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 I would listen to this. We'd get this in the library, and the we would get it every week. We'd just renew it and renew it for so long. And uh, I, I mean, I fell in love with Sondheim with this musical. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's probably my favorite musical still, maybe just because it, it is something I listened to when I was eight over and over again. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, it's also really, again, super funny. There's a lot of jokes in the song, even though that little part sounded much more somber. Yeah, but that sets up the joke. It does. That's the thing. I mean, both with what uh, with what I do for a living and, like, I think the best musicals. <laughs> There's so much <laughs> um, it's so important to have the emotional grounding. That's where the, the comedy comes from. If yeah. you believe that, oh, my God, this guy is in so much pain. And then later in the song you find out, oh, he's in pain because he can't fuck a princess that's oh I'm not I'm not I don't he's incredibly vain I don't this is silly pain yeah um but yeah I I absolutely feel the same way about Into the Woods that this was like the first Broadway show I saw I think did you see Um, it on Broadway mm -hmm, yeah with the big inflatable boot Wow. It was my first trip to New York. I was very excited um you would have been really little mm -hmm, I I because that that was uh, also taped for PBS, which is how I, mm-hmm. as a kid, saw it. And yeah, a lot um, of Sondheim's work. It's a, it's a yeah. great series of great performances. Um, uh, just like they set up a camera, and they, I mean, there, there's some other shots, but it's nice because they're on yeah. stage, and it feels like you're kind of there. Like, mm-hmm. but that's so cool that you saw the, the original. That's amazing. Oh, I mean, not the original cast. There was but, there, yeah. there, there, there there's a lot of replacements in the cast, <laughs> but, but still, it was the original production. That's amazing. Um, and this, so yes, as we said, it's Stephen Sondheim. Uh, it was 1987. It opened, um, and this is sung by Robert Westenberg as Cinderella's prince and Chuck Wagner as Rapunzel's prince. Westenberg met his wife Kim Crosby in this show was she was playing, playing Cinderella I think I love those types of stories because I'm like man they were in the biggest show on Broadway and they fell in love what a time mm-hmm. like same thing I think about uh, with Adina uh, Menzel and Tay Diggs and Rent mm-hmm. I mean that, they were married for a very long time but like how in 96 they were just like on top of the world biggest show and they're falling in love and like how cool and they and, and like at this they're, they're like singing songs at each other's faces every night yeah it's pretty cool I yeah. mean that's like and nobody's like ugh I mean it's a little it's a little nerdy all this musical theater stuff you like cuz they're doing it too. When I saw um Les Mis for the first time I was 13. I was like just so in love with this musical cuz how can you not be and uh in the scene where <laughs> Eponine is dying and uh, uh is it Marius is it Marius? Yeah. I don't oh, know. They're shoot. all Eponine to Anyway, me. she's dying. The guy holding her in real life, they were married. And I remember reading that in the program and just freaking out. Like, that's the coolest thing ever. Like, yeah. <laughs> they get to do this every day, sometimes twice a day. Wednesdays, you know. Yeah. What is it? Sat- but, Saturdays? But yeah, I feel like uh, I love that, like, romance, showmance, whatever it is. But you can also see how, or I can imagine how easily, like, once that show is over, it must be hard to keep it together because it's like, oh, well, we no longer have... Hundreds of people applauding our love every night. Ah, <laughs> oh, huh. Well, you and you still leave the carton of orange juice out every yeah. day. Okay, I don't know if this is going to keep working. These these are different stresses we're under now. Yeah, we're not in the you know we're thinking about battles and yeah yeah. This uh, is real life is much more mundane. Yeah, and also actually, I'm realizing when I saw Wicked in that magical time, I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tay Diggs was replacing uh, Norbert. Leo Butts is oh. that how you say so uh, again he was singing opposite his wife which was pretty cool yeah but uh yeah yeah 
It's got to be a fun time, I would imagine. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I've definitely been in improvised musical scenes with people that I have dated or are or am dating, and it's been weird. Um, I did one where uh, when I was very young, first starting out, um, we were doing an improvised musical, and there was a guy that I had broken up with in the scene with me, and we were improvising a musical based on an audience member's story of like having to give away their cow. And um, I was playing the cow and my ex was playing the audience member and so at the end of the musical when we get to this part where he's like yeah I gotta give you away but you know what it's not because I don't want you in my life and I as the cow was like look I know I just I have to go I have to find other places to graze and be free and he's like and I want you to be free and the audience is like what is going on with this cow <laughs> and this dude I you, you you figured some stuff out on stage yeah 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 it That's... would probably be easier to be the cow in the in, the, in that scene you know or with b- both of you rather than having a real life you know well, yeah, yeah exactly it's sometimes easy to, to well and also music can so heighten emotions and manipulate them that you're like oh, oh this yeah. feels right because of this song yeah well, there have been like, mm, might not be so many times in writing even just for for Garfunkel notes, where I'm like, is this too mean? And then you sing it with a pretty melody, and it's just funny, mm-hmm. you know. Like so, yeah, a melody can solve this solve the problem. Maybe that could be like a job to like put like divorce lawyers, you know, <laughs> to, to music. Everyone mm-hmm. would feel a little better. Is that is that is that what musical music therapy is? Oh, maybe I don't. Know. I don't. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I kind of feel like every time I listen to music, it's music it's, therapy. Oh, totally. <laughs> or it's doing drugs <laughs> depending on what it's doing to me but yeah I, I learned way too many lessons about sex and human nature from into the woods specifically that makes a lot of sense I mean I, I think a lot went over my head when I was little but yeah there's a lot of stuff in there and you're like ooh, yeah glad it went over my head yeah I was I was having a discussion online um, with some um, uh, female comics about like things that we wish that we had learned when we were younger um, and then it became having things just come through musical theater lyrics <laughs> and I was like oh I you know I I, peop- I want people to know that women can finish hats too and then I also then I realized like all I want to do as far as the, that goes is just put the entire lyrics to um to Little Red Riding Hood's song and I know things now yeah. many valuable things I was just referencing that song yeah. yesterday in do life do not put your faith in a cape and a hood they, they will not protect you the way that they should and take extra care with strangers even, even flowers have their dangers, dangers and though scary is exciting nice is different from good <laughs> oh man we would be so annoying in a van <laughs> at least we didn't break into song in that one van where we were last <laughs> yes that's you true know, um, <laughs> we could have but uh, the, yeah there's an, a line in Into the Woods that I always think of as how do how do you know what you want until you get what you want you see if you like it because mm-hmm. That's a good. That's a good thought. How, how do you know? Yeah, I unfortunately often think of maybe a child for warmth and a baker for bread and a prince for, for whatever. whatever. Never. <laughs> like well, you know, there are a lot of ways to set your life up. And now, <laughs> and now, um, here's the surprise in this podcast. We're just going to do all of Into the Woods. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> um, that would be amazing. Yeah, I, I, well, I, I do think. Yeah, like all the things that people say that say to describe themselves, like I'm an INFJTP, I'm a, I'm a Taurus, I'm a, like I feel like I don't want to know stuff like that. I want to like what was your role that you wanted to play, and what was roles that you did play, like, for me, <laughs> yeah. and like for me and in Into the Woods, like I feel like it's telling. Like I wanted to play Little Red Riding Hood. And then until I was way too old and then started wanting to play the witch. Right. <laughs> I did not have a baker's wife or a Cinderella phase. It was little girl witch. That's it. 
so the next song, speaking of phases of life. We're still in the line. We're still waiting. You know, that line is really long. It, it is. Just, you know, it's just how it goes. Yeah. So. I hope that there's one person that listens to this podcast while waiting in line for Oh, man. Days. I really hope so. You got to <laughs> tell us if you do. Okay. Um, so we're still in the line. And you know what? I'm still here. Yes. Uh. This is the version from uh, Elaine Stritch's At Liberty solo show in 2002. Ooh. Good times and bum times. Regret not seeing that show. Mm. I've seen them all in my dear. It was great. I'm still here. That was in my my Plush just moved to LA, sometimes. have no money phase. She came out here sometimes and did it. I should have gone. This was I went by myself, like TKTS ticket because mm-hmm. you can get a solo ticket. No yeah, problem. no problem. Exactly. Um, and yeah, loved it. Was like, okay, my new outfit is a button-down white shirt and tights. That's, That's just need. what I'm going to wear from now on. Her legs, just amazing. Amazing. Again, a documentary worth seeing. Uh, yeah. Uh, she, she um, wait, of, 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 of Elaine Stritch, uh, just the documentary toward the end of her life that they did. Um, mm. I don't know what it's called. I don't know if I've seen that. I was going to say the documentary about the making of the cast album for Company. Company where that scene again oh. is awesome, but also so when you used to get actual DVDs, I got yeah. that DVD from Netflix, and they have a um, there's a, a commentary track on it. Oh, whoa! With Elaine Stritch talking about her talking about that scene, like so we should explain the scene. Oh yeah, okay. basically she's trying to record. Um, here's. Uh, ladies ladies lunch. lunch. Yeah. And I think the story is that she like had just done a show. She's mm-hmm. like tired. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Maybe has had a couple yeah. too many. Yeah. And it's just not happening. And Stephen Sondheim's there and they're all at the board and they're like, no, no, it's not the take, not the take. And so they send her home. Is that right? I can't remember. I just remember her like kind of like freaking out about it. And they come back the next day mm-hmm. is what I, if, if I, I, you know what, I, if Seth Rudetsky ever heard this, he would correct it completely. Um, but it, it's, it, they basically say, let's take a break, come back the next day, yeah. and then she nails it. So in, in the actual, di- I, I might be remembering this flip-flop wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure in that, in that documentary, she's like, I am not drunk. Or, or she's like, yeah, she's like, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. Everybody thinks I'm drunk and I'm not. And then in the, um, or wait, no, in it, she's like, maybe, maybe on camera, she, they're like, she's drunk. She's had something. And then in the, um, the, the, uh, commentary? uh, commentary, she's like, I wasn't drunk. That's wrong what they're saying in there. And then at, at Liberty, she's like, I was drunk. I was lying on the commentary. <laughs> what was actually, so was like, e- e- like having seen all of them, I was like, oh, layers, layers. <laughs> the truth, like an onion. There's also a really great scene where the the women are learning how to go, Bobby, 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 oh. baby, baby. And it's like such a tricky thing. And, and he's, Stephen Sondheim's are walking them through it. Um, but it's it's a great documentary. Oh yeah, yeah. I, another song I tried to do for an audition one time was uh, "Another Hundred People." Oh wow! Which was instantly I was like, that was it. this was a huge mistake. Thank you for your time. Bye 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 bye. This, <laughs> this no one should ever hard. sing this at an audition. <laughs> Goodbye. Um, yeah. So, but but this is from Follies. Um, this song was what actually here is Follies, nineteen seventy one. Okay. Um, and this was added during the tryout, which like I kind of can't imagine this show without this song mm-hmm. it's such an interesting um the thing i the thing i love about sundheim like one of the things is that um before him songs were in musicals were so black and white for the most part it was like i'm sad or i'm happy i'm in love or 
I'm angry, whatever. Mm -hmm. And Sondheim would be like, yeah, but what about sad, happy? And what about in love, regret? And what about all these things mushed up together? And in this one, you see like such a journey of, of going through your, someone's life from as, as an older person and like finding, um, places to be sad about it and regretful and places to be proud of it and kind of proud of the regret. Like, it's just a really weird, complicated thing that I feel like in At Liberty, she talks about how you should never sing this song before you're like 60. Like, it's gross if anybody young at all wow, sings it. Wow, interesting. And I feel like for the rest of us, it's like just a lesson. Just like yeah. any every interpretation of it, every different, per, like I almost used the Shirley Bassey version of it, but I was like, I gotta put Stritch on. Um, <laughs> like, it's just, it's just such a, such a cool um exploration of being proud and weary at the same time mm-hmm. um and a great son- song for waiting in line i've not seen the elaine stretch dvd i should do that yeah is there there is one right i don't a, know dvd i think there is There's a, i think they made one <laughs> i sound old saying dvd now but mm-hmm. you know i should find it streaming on some service <laughs> somebody has to have preserved that <laughs> um also what's interesting so Sondheim has written a lot of songs, as we had said, that are, that are really complicated and tough to sing. But then there's also he was he's really into like performance and acting, and so he writes for the voice. So like this song, it, it even if even when somebody like Shirley Bassey does it, it's a talk song. It's not a song yeah. that you can belt. It's not. It's it's for it's for a weary voice. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, was I saying this to you that Send in the Clowns was written for no. Glennis Johns and she, really? yeah, who was the original in it. And Who's so also in my favorite movie while you were sleeping. <laughs> oh, she's also in the court jester. She's a real fox in that one. Um, she, but so it's, it's, uh, it's written for her voice and it's very talk singy and, mm. and it fits the moment so much better than if he had written some sort of like Patti Lapone right song, um, yeah, so I, I I think that he's really good at bringing out the best in um, vocalists. Oh, so. and, and it's interesting, like in that that documentary of them recording, you really see him working with the actors and making sure they get the right the right thing. You know, yeah, it's, it's all about the feeling. Mm-hmm. It's not like look at this crazy thing I made this per- performer sing. <laughs> so, um, okay, now full Monty, uh, <laughs> breeze off the river. It's such a pretty song. I was just thinking, you know, you've been in line for a really long time now and you just want something pretty. It's this song doesn't really relate to being in line or waiting. It's just a, you know, I think it's a song sung to, uh, a, a, a child, a, the man singing it, who's Patrick Wilson, who was very young at the time. We were mm-hmm. texting about that yesterday. Yeah. Um, singing. This was in two thousand. Yeah, he had to have been twenty three or something. But he's singing to his son. He was like, yeah, just out of Carnegie Mellon. So crazy. And then, but it's, I'm sure someday if I have kids, I will look at this song and probably cry my eyes out. Right now, I just think it's a real pretty song. (laughs) It is such a pretty song. And it's so still very David Yazbeck-y. Like, the instrumentation and the the keyboard. Yeah, that it's all keyboardy instead. That's not, somebody else would have put violins. Through the crack in the window. It's such a great voice. That we'll continue to talk There's about. Right <laughs> he, uh, and your sister was in the show. And My I sister was I in the show. I didn't realize this until yesterday when I was looking through the songs and I see your sister's name. And I'm like, that's crazy. I saw the show twice as well. Yeah. I, a lot of shows I saw twice at this time. Yeah. 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 This was, uh, I think this was like the next one after Sideshow for okay. her. And yeah, she, she plays the, the blousy 
wife. This was that the beginning scene in the of the bathroom where yeah. all the ladies are singing. Yeah, well, she was she's the wife of the the rich guy. So the oh. one like Harold. Oh that yeah, one. That's, that's that her. one. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then who else? I'm trying to think of her name. She's now on Orange Is the New Black. Oh. Um, Oh my god, before you said it, I, she also was the original squeaky film. Yes, that's in, why I love um, her so much. Assassins. Okay, uh, Golden, Annie Golden. Yes. Yes. Okay, thank ah, you. Didn't even have to look it up. Um, yeah. But Annie Golden was also in it. I remember just being so excited because she had been in Assassins. And yeah. I was like, that lady was in Assassins. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Another Sondheim musical for anyone who doesn't. Uh, no musicals and have stuck with us this far. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what a deep dive for you. Oh, boy. But yeah, um, but that whole show is great. Yeah. Did, you must have seen it, I'm guessing, a few times at least. I saw it at least once. This is the, like, it's not like... Like I, unless the show's not doing well, yeah. you don't get a lot of free Broadway tickets. Yeah. Um. So there's a there's a couple that I've seen a few times uh, that <laughs> were not huge hits, but this one did well enough that I think I I didn't get to see it a bunch of times. But I loved the soundtrack. Yeah. Um. This song, I I just I played this song all the time then also because I felt like it's such a um such a great depiction of even though, you know, I don't have kids, but feeling like you're suddenly having to become an adult. Yeah. And realizing there's that you don't know anything more than you knew yesterday. You don't know anything more than you did, you know, a little bit more than you did a year ago. But suddenly you're supposed to have answers and there it turns out there aren't any. And, okay, nobody has them. And then sometimes people come into your life and make you feel like, you can figure everything out and everything's going to be amazing. And apparently being a parent really makes you feel that way. Yeah. Or at <laughs> least in this song. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think some of the best uh, love songs were songs about children. That were, makes were, sense. were parent songs that then they were like, we don't need to tell people what it's about. Yeah. That. Or that song Mandy is about a dog. Hey, there you yeah. go. <laughs> um there's a song there. There's a Michael Bublé song. Uh, just haven't met her. Mm-hmm. Just haven't met you yet. Yeah. I was listening to that one time on the radio, and I was like, "Oh dang, is this about a baby?" I bet it is. Oh, interesting. It's just my theory. I haven't heard that anywhere, but it's. I like, like that. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. So. <laughs> side note: If you ever hear that song, <laughs> think, think it through. That. Yeah. Yeah. What if this is about a baby? He just hasn't met the baby yet. Um. <laughs> And you know you're gonna try your best for it, but yeah, breeze off the river. It's um, it's so pretty, and it also sounds like so inspiring and aspirational. Yeah. Like, like I want to be a good, whatever I want to be. Yes, we're listening to that song. It's a, uh, it's really. There's a couple songs in that show that are just really, really pretty. Um, and then also really funny. Yeah, like you were saying, you really like the big ass rock. I love scene. big ass rock. Yeah, specifically all the bridges in these songs are like the best part. They're like kind of the bridges are all very like here we go. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like the bridge and um, breeze off the river. That that sometimes I'm, I feel like I live in a shadow. Maybe we can find it. Yeah, yeah, or we'll just keep going. Yeah, shadows, shadows all I know. See, see, then you jump straight up and you grab the moon and you make it shine on me. Where do you, you get, get it from? from? Yeah, man. Oh, we should have just sung our list. <laughs> I, after you sent me this list, I was just walking around my house singing that bridge so all night. And that's the part I always sing. But then, yeah, there's a, there's another song from this musical um, called Big Ass Rock, uh, which is when they're trying to convince their... It's based on the movie. Um, and, yeah, this character that um, 
that Patrick Wilson is playing is based on the character that Robert Carlyle played in the original movie. Anyway, they're um, trying to convince their this guy that they find trying to commit suicide. They're trying to convince him to do it a different way. <laughs> There's all um, different ways he can do it. Yeah. yeah, they're like, this isn't the good way. So they're like basically just trying to stop him by having him put it off. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like don't do it right now. You should do it a different way. Because he's like trying to gas himself in a car. Um, and then after they've spent all this time trying to convince him, he gets to, he does the bridge as, um, uh, it's, um, I've got friends like Carol King or Carly Simon used to say, I always get those two confused, but anyway, I turned around. And it's like so passionate, but also I'm like, me too, I get those two confused. We all do. Um, and I and just like the moment, the, the comedic moment of having those kind of thoughts in the midst of having important thoughts, I find so uh, accurate and yeah. fun. Oh, well, that's true. You, I mean, I think that happens in life where you're like, oh, and then I thought of, you know, you yeah. think of something else completely and then, yeah, uh, yeah he just puts it in a song. It's just, it, 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 he does a great job of, in every every song, there's jokes, mm-hmm. I but, think. And it, and it doesn't, um, doesn't take away. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. sell out the emotion, doesn't sell out the story. It's just like, what what's the funny thing an actual person would be thinking in this actual moment? Yeah, it's making me want to find more David Yazbek plays. Mm, yeah, I musicals, I should say. Yeah, uh, I should have done more research. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, uh, he wears hats a lot. I do remember that. I can, remember that from it. the oh yeah, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Oh, I saw that one. Women Sherry on the verge of a nervous breakdown, and the band's visit, which my parents are currently going completely apeshit for. I hear that's the one to see right now. Yeah, that's what I hear too. I didn't realize he did that. Okay. Wait in line for tickets for it. The band's if they're visit. doing a lottery. Right. Um, Maybe somebody's listening to this right now while they're waiting for the band's visit. Hi. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, we understand you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's supposed to be great. Um, all right. Uh, next song is one of mine. Um, this is from a song I was telling you about. It's from a show I was telling you about. Uh, title of show. Oh, yes. This is the big finale. It's called Nine People's Favorite Thing. We knew we'd never please everyone. Remember that date, Christides, you said to me, you said to me, I'd rather be nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Nine people's favorite thing than a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Perfect. Thank you. It's it's such a great sentiment. It's. I saw this. um, So this show, it was just like a one act uh, show about these two, uh, about um, Hunter Bell and Jeff Bowen making creating this musical. So it's incredibly meta as you're going right. through. They're like, what if we, what if instead of saying, saying these words, we sang these words and it's like, that's the musical. Um, and also had Heidi Blickenstaff and Susan Blackwell in it. Um, and it, they, it really, they, they, I think they had signed up to do a show for the New York musical theater festival. And then it started and they were like, Oh shit, we got to write it. So oh, this show is about them writing the show to write to got do it. it. And it started there and then it got, you know, then I think it went from that to off off Broadway to off Broadway to, and it finally made it to Broadway. Wow. And yeah, and it ran on Broadway for I don't know, like a year, two years. I I saw the very last performance. No way. Yeah, so at, cool. so seeing this song at the last before everybody was like, "Ah," it was like very heightened. The, yeah. It would it, the, the whole production had like four chairs on stage and as you heard, I think it's like just piano. It's yeah. very simple. Um but yeah, and I was planning on moving to LA. 
and I went to see this with my comedy partner at the time and, and our accompanist, our musical director. And uh, at hearing this song, and by the end of it, I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't leave. I, I, because what we do right now is nine people's favorite thing. Yeah. And I can't wow. gamble out on trying to be a hundred people's ninth favorite thing. Since then, I feel like I've learned that you can kind of be both. And I think <laughs> yes. that, I think be, I think the best pathway to being a hundred people, a uh, hundred people's ninth favorite thing is by being nine people's favorite thing. Yeah. You know? like yeah. That makes you, a lot of sense. If you stay committed to that thing that, you connect with and that makes other people really connect with you it's just going to keep growing yeah that's you know? interesting but i also like that it inspired you you know like what it, in that moment that was the right thing mm-hmm. you know yeah that's interesting i but yeah i, I also so i moved two years later instead <laughs> <laughs> you're like you know what <laughs> that song okay no <laughs> but no i get it i totally get it i think that really makes a lot of sense i I have had times, too, where you're trying to find an answer, like, in something. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's even been, like, a bumper sticker on a car where I'm like, (laughs) oh, yeah, that's what I should do. And it's just, you know, I think probably you were going to do that anyway, Mm -hmm. somehow, somewhere. But, like, that was the thing that made you realize it, you know? So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I feel like you you have a career that has been both the, 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 the get it, the nine people's favorite thing and the, like, shooting for 100 people. Sort of thing. Yeah, 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 maybe. I don't know. I've never really thought of it like that. Do you feel like there's a balance in your your? Because I feel like you've done, um, you know, sitcoms that are for major right. networks that yes. everybody gets to see, and then like your songs that are just you and and uh, Ricky on the internet, and no one's told you to do them or approved them. Right. That's the thing. I think. And but the difference there for me is that when I've been on the you know like the Big Bang Theory, which is the number one sitcom still, like it's uh it. it it's so much fun. It's like really a dream, but at the same time, it's not my thing. So mm-hmm. that when Ricky and I are sitting on the couch singing our songs, that is our our thing, and it's very intimate, and it's like a personal experience that we're sharing. So yeah, so that's like the difference is like both are thrilling in different ways. You know, it's thrilling to share your yourselves in that way, and it's also thrilling to be a part of something that's so big and exciting and bring your tiny bit to it that might... You know, you can share that, but you know, it, it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think that's something that also, like, definitely when I was younger, I didn't understand. I was like, it's one or the other, right? You got like either you sell out or you are a starving artist, right? It's like, right. well, no, you can kind of do all of it. Um, I, I think when you're younger, things are just more black and white. You mm-hmm. know, I think I, just that's how it works. You know, I feel like I feel, felt the same way about a lot of things, you know, mm-hmm. and then you just realize it is all messy and it's it's okay, you know? Yeah, yeah you don't have to uh, put a, a, a big definition on yourself or your career. Yeah. Just like some of it's this, some of it's that, some of it's the stuff in between. It's whatever. Yeah, yeah. And I think, too, when we're younger, it's a lot of expectation from other people and trying to uh, or at least in my experience, I, I you know, in, even starting in high school, it's like you've got to pick out your major and mm-hmm. you go to school and you're going to do that thing that you're just signed up and spent so much money to practice doing, you know, whatever that is. Like, if I could go back in time, I would, oh, that, well, you just said you were, you did a, a question on Twitter about asking advice, but mm-hmm. it's more about like, it's just doing what seems right to you and making, just making the stuff, like just whatever's coming out of you, share that and see where that goes. Um I mean, as far as art goes, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I, I, I think when you, when you have a lot of expectation when you're younger, you're looking for the signs and the roads to where it is. And 
it's just really all it's all in you already yeah, I mean that's true it's yeah. true it's just kind of figuring out how to how to listen to yourself and what stuff actually matters because there's a lot of dumb stuff in you too oh yeah you know for sure um and it still is yeah. in me at least um but yeah it, it yeah the 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 more you can get to yourself and putting yourself out there yeah um the better your work is. Yeah, because I, th- I think everybody goes through that phase of, like, what is what does the world want from me? What does TV want from me? What does mm-hmm. comedy want from me? How how can I be that thing instead of just being like, okay, what am I and what do I want to say? And trusting that that's going to be something that's interesting to you and then therefore interesting to other people. Yeah, and I think people connect with that mm-hmm. the most because they know Absolutely. when it's real and they know when you're just being yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, often and there's truth in it. Mm-hmm. Like if it's true for you, then it's true. Yeah, and it'll be true for other people. If you're like reaching for something that you think might be, might be a thing, it's probably not gonna be true. Yeah. Um, but also life lessons while you're standing in line. Yes. <laughs> well, you're interested in theater. We want to tell you about yeah. it. Um, but this show um also is a great education in becoming being an artist and in musical theater because they're so, they they are very passionate the characters in the show are very passionate about musical theater and so they're referencing all these shows in the songs in the dialogue things that if all you know is um you know uh, uh Les Mis and Jesus Christ Superstar y- you probably wouldn't know so um it's a great show to listen to on mass in whole for that um and uh yeah Oh, there's also what you're saying, uh, the like just putting yourself out there. There's another great song in this show called uh, Die Vampire Die, which is about um, killing your own self-doubt damp- mm. vampires. That there are so many reasons that these little vampires in your mind pop up and go like, no, you shouldn't do that song. No, you shouldn't uh, write that poem. No. And just learning to shut those out and kill them and do, them at, do what you want to do anyway. That's... And, it's very. Uh, I gotta listen to that song. Yes. It sounds great. Yes, but it wasn't quite yeah. right for standing in line. So no, that's true. But but this one was. I will. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is uh getting back to that story I told you in the beginning. My mom and I waiting in line for Wicked, and we we were the lucky ones. We were uh, of twelve people. We got called, and uh, this is defying gravity because from Wicked. If you if you get those tickets, if you are lucky enough to get those tickets, you are defying gravity. You feel like you're flying. You see stars and you get to see Wicked with the original cast. Uh, so that's the song. Yay! Stay calm for once instead of flying off the handle. I hope you're happy. I hope you're happy now. I hope you're happy how you hurt your cause forever. That's Kristen Chenoweth. Yep. Dina Menzel. I hope you're happy too. I've made a uh, pact with myself. I think I was telling you to see everything uh, Kristen Chenoweth does ever, uh, making sure I get to Broadway to see every show she does. I've made this rule up about four years ago. <laughs> so I think it's a good a lot. rule. <laughs> right now, Elfie. They're just amazing. They're so, yeah, they're so great. Say you're sorry. I listen to this whole album a lot. Um, I'm sure my neighbors are like always wondering what's going on. Me too. <laughs> this song especially, I remember this song when I was, my first job was as a writer for Fashion Police for Oh, Rivers, okay. All right. And we had to go on strike because they weren't paying, they were paying us very little. Um, and uh, not only did I have to go on strike, it was my first job going and I had to go on strike. It was against a network that 
I thought was a big deal. E. I was like, ooh, wow, I used to watch that all the time. And Joan Rivers. And um, when I found out how little, like, the network cared about us, um, I just, I, I, something in me, like, snapped, and I, like, suddenly had permission to be a new kind of angry mm-hmm. that, like, I had never, I had always been a very good employee and a good person, like, follow the rules. And uh, I remember just scream singing this in my car over <laughs> and over. As like, therapy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you care to find me, look to the western sky. Someone told me lately. Everyone. Yeah. Um, and if I'm flying solo, at least I'm flying free. You know, all that shit. It's a um, great song. Yeah. And in the play, she flies. Yeah. Um, I have a friend who played Elphaba, and um, she... She had to be replaced, like, right... I think she did this... I think she did this song, because it's the end of the first act, and then they replaced her for the second act, but she talks about, like, going up on that rise yeah. to start flying and being like, uh-oh, something is wrong. Oh, I no. should not be here. Um, did something like, go, like... She, she just, I think she got through the song and then was like, I gotta, I gotta get out, gotta get out. Oh, wow. <laughs> Put somebody else in. Oh, wow. Yeah. So she had, like, a panic attack. No, it was, it was like, a physical thing. Like, oh, she had... Wow. I, I can't remember if it was, like, exhaustion or something or whatever, um, but... Yeah, it, but uh, but her talking about like rising and feeling like feeling that happen. I'm like, um, oh my god, that is so the scary. worst place to ever have anything happen to your body. While I you're think. in front of thousands of people, thousands singing of a people song. on a platform way up in the air <laughs> with strings attached to you. Like, yeah, no, that's not that's not where you want to be. Like, my body is wrong. I uh, yeah. There also, I think Adina Menzel was at her last performance or second to last. She fell through a trap door. Do you know the Ooh, story? No. And uh, they rushed her to the hospital, and she was covered in green makeup. And she and they were know, like, "What's wrong with your skin? Yeah, what's wrong with you?" And she's like, "I was playing a witch, uh, but I've been hurt." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. A, that's my Adina Menzel impression. <laughs> playing a witch and I've been hurt. No. <laughs> you should do her in you the biopic. You know, bio I get pit. that a lot. I get that a lot. No. <laughs> um, well, I was telling you the other day, uh, I used to assign my students to listen to um, uh, Tony performances and also some Tony speeches, and I would always ask them to listen to a, a, a selection that included Adina Menzel's Tony speech for this show, um, where she thanks her then-husband, Tay Diggs, um, and says, uh, I have to thank him because every morning when I wake up and and say, you know, I'm such a loser and feel like such a loser. He says, no, you're not a loser. And I, I remember seeing that and being like, wait, you don't have to stop thinking you're a loser to become a, a successful artist, to like be a, be a Broadway star, to be like whatever, whatever it is you want to be. You can, you don't have to fix all those things first. You can just sort of like keep working on them and make stuff. Right. Um, and that was watershed for me. And she, I think important for a lot of artists to hear. Yeah. And I'm guessing, I mean, when was that 2000? Three that she, no. yep, two thousand three. Yeah, so You're good. Yeah, that I, uh, I see. <laughs> eh, sometimes I, I see charts in my head. <laughs> oh, okay, All I right. can see timelines and pictures, but wow. um, but I'm not good at a lot of math. But uh, but yeah, <laughs> don't I, worry, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, uh, so yeah, being a young artist at that point, you're like, that's a big deal. Yeah, and and I don't think that ever stops for people. You know. Yeah, you can doubt yourself. It doesn't mean yeah. you shouldn't do it. Yes. Just push through the doubt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And at that point, you've got tickets. you got tickets, and you're going to see your show. Yay! And, and uh, yeah, you have stayed in line, a fine, fine line, and I'm trying to tie, tie them all together. <laughs> well, we started and ended with Stephen Schwartz, which yes. I, don't, I would never have guessed. Book ended it. I never would have guessed that that's who would bookend my first uh, Broadway playlist on the show. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. It was really—I uh, I really 
it's uh, always fun for me when I meet someone who knows a lot about Broadway musicals because not a lot of people do. And I'm not saying that like I I, I do play this Broadway trivia game uh, <laughs> on my phone. Do you know Quiz Up? Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I do the Broadway one sometimes. It's really fun. I highly recommend it for any Broadway nerds that has um, stuck with us this long. Play Quiz Up. Mm-hmm. You'll probably will challenge each other. And uh, my wish for this podcast and playlist is that someone um, is listening to it waiting in line for lottery tickets for uh, the Garfunkel and Oates musical. Oh, man. Yeah. Someday. Someday. Stuff on the internet sticks around. You know, this is true. They'll find it. Yeah. So I hope that's why you downloaded this. And otherwise, I hope you get to see a fun show. (laughs) Yes, for sure. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me. This was a blast. Oh, good. I'm glad you had fun. Thanks for listening to Cool Playlist. I'm Eliza Skinner. You can find me on Twitter at, at Eliza Skinner. You can find the podcast on Twitter at, at Cool Playlist Pod. You can also find our website at coolplaylistpod.com, where you can also find a link to our Patreon. Go ahead, become a patron. The podcast is produced by Aristotle Acevedo. The theme music is by Ross Bryant. And the art is by D. Billy from Duchess and the Queen Studio. And me. I helped. Okay, have a good week. <laughs> <laughs>